0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So, um, I... I told Carla, I think I know what I'm going to preach on today. I believe I heard from God. And then I woke up this morning and thought, uh-oh, I think there's something else. Even more important than that. Can I tell you what I was going to teach on? Sure. That God's not a liar. Good. If he said it, he'll make it good. That's right. If he spoke it, he'll do it. That's, right. and that's a really good message. I just don't think I'm 100% ready for that one. I'm not sure the timing is 100% right for that one right now. I was actually going to entitle it "The Integrity of God." I mean, I mean, how in the world could we doubt, realizing that God never violated integrity and never will, if He said in His Word, "Of course He'll do it." But I, I really sensed an impression though this morning that we needed to continue on with what we started last Sunday. Was that last Sunday or the Sunday before? Sunday before. What was last Sunday? The, was not the, the kids no, that was two Sundays before. I do believe, um, I I think I shared this last Sunday. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. So I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 10. No problem. No problem, man. I still love you. Really? Very much so. Yeah, but if you keep messing up, I might not. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about there is a way out of every adversity. Or... God's not faithful because he said there's a way out of every adversity. I didn't say everybody's looking for that way. I didn't say everybody's going to take that way. But there is a way out of every temptation, every adversity, every test and every trial. Say this. there There is a way out. Now, this is so cool because when you see this from the scriptures from a God who can't lie. And a test or an adversity comes your way. First thing on your mind is, if it's allowed, there's a way out. That's right. So, what should you do if you want to get out of an adversity? Look, the look to the roadmap. <laughs> Say, God, look, look in the Word. Look, go, go, go to church. Hear the sermons, right? Because God's going to show you a way out of every adversity. Now, you have to be looking in the right direction if you want to get out, right? You're going to have to be looking in the right direction if you want to get out. But there is a way out of every adversity. And I'm going to say it again. If there isn't a way out, then God's not faithful. Go ahead. That's right. This is an integrity issue with the Lord. So this may mix a little with the other sermon I was going to preach. But look here in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Paul, the apostle speaking by the Holy Spirit, and he's talking to the church just like us. And Paul said this by the Holy Ghost. This is God talking to us through Paul. No temptation, and the word temptation in the original Greek language is adversity. No temptation or adversity has overtaken you, Christian, except such as is common to man. No, you're not weird. Everybody's had the same stupid thoughts. All right. But God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. faithful. What does this mean? This means that what he's about to say is absolutely the truth and can be no other way at all, ever. He's faithful for what? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. What does that tell you right there? If it's allowed, you can beat it. Don't let the devil convince you it's over. Don't let the devil convince you you can't get out of this one. God's faithful. He wouldn't have allowed it if he didn't know you first had the ability to overcome it. Now, ability has to be acted on. It doesn't just automatically, bang, show up in your life. But you have the ability to overcome it. If God allowed it, you can overcome it. But the devil will be right there saying, you're going down. This time's too bad. This time's too hard. You don't have enough faith. You've sinned too much. No, if it's allowed, there is a way out. See, the devil wants you to think, you're going to die with this one. You're not going to make it through this one. Hmm. Yes, God's helped you in the past, but this is different. You're not going to, friend, I have good news for you. Even if you opened the door to the adversity, there's a way out. Mercy. See, that's, that's called unnecessary adversity. How many of you want any unnecessary adversity? There's enough just living right, <laughs> being a Christian in a dark, crazy world that doesn't love God. But... Through our disobedience or through our carelessness, you can open the door to unnecessary adversity. Yep. But he'll even give you a way out of that. Amen. Amen. Now listen closely. Listen closely. When we're not following God's plan for our life, you know, we're just kind of doing our own thing. Not thinking about how it's affecting the next life and how it's, our part in the church is flourishing. When we're not following God's plan for our life, we will experience tests and trials God never intended us to experience. That's right. It won't be his will. It's just we'll open the door to stuff. If we're not following God's plan for our life, we're out from under some protection. That's right. Good word. And there's evil forces all around us, right? The devil's not in the lake of fire yet. His demons are not incarcerated yet forever. They're still around, tempting, trying to bring difficult situations to people. And if we're not following God's plan for our life then we'll experience tests and trials the Lord never intended for us to encounter. That's good. But let's say you're in the perfect will of God, doing his will, walking in the light, you know, just walking in the light that you have. That's all God expects of you is just walk in the light you have. Amen. If you know something's right, do it. If you, know, if you know something's wrong, don't do it. Just walk in the light you have. That doesn't mean you're all knowing and, and you're perfect in every, but you're walking in the light you have. That's so good. Sin is a violation of what you know is right. That's all it is. Now, what you know is right, what I know is right, may be different things. You may be at a different level than I'm at. So I can't judge Daniel for doing something wrong if he don't know what I know. I may know something he doesn't know. And God's not going to judge him. You'll look back and go, wow, three years ago, I really messed up. And God said, yeah, but you did the best you knew how. And so my blood covered that sin. So, so when he says there's no temptation or adversity taken you, but such as is common to man. He said, God is faithful who will not allow you to be, to experience an adversity beyond what you're able, but will with allowing the temptation, God's not the tempter, the devil's the tempter, but when the temptation comes, God also makes a way for you to escape that you may be able to overcome it. Everybody say, there's a a way. There is a way. Lynn Mink used to sing a song. There is a way. Such a great song. There is a way when you feel you cannot make it. There is a way when you feel you just can't take it. Great song. There is a way. Everybody say there's a way. way. No matter what you're going through, there's a way out. So if you want to get out and overcome, what might you ought to do? You might ought to look to what he said in the word on how to get out. Number one thing you need to look at is this. He's faithful. He wouldn't have allowed it if you couldn't overcome it. You say, well, Pastor, how is it that the Lord will give me a way out of an adversity that I created? I'll tell you how. There's a word that he's given us that's life saving and it's called repentance. Repentance is a life saving word. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. People don't like repentance. They're not going to get much deliverance because deliverance comes through repentance. This is so cool because you could have been a fool. You could have been a fool. You you could have been a fool that opened the door to all kinds of destruction and terrible things in your life. And God said, hey, fool, um, there's a way out. He said, actually, let me quote scripture. Can I quote it to you? Psalm 107, verse 17 through 20. He said, fools, because of their transgressions and iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of meat. They couldn't keep any food then. Everything made them sick to their stomach. They drew near to the gates of death. And these people cried unto the Lord. And the Bible says God sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works toward the children of men. Yes. Amen. Think about that, guys. These people made the mess themselves. And God said, if you'll listen to my word, you'll come out with healing and deliverance. Amen. Yeah. This is one of the reasons we have church, even on the day after Christmas. Because right. sickness doesn't take a break. Well, we're not going to take a break. right? right? He, he said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. What's happening right now? We're getting his word. Don't think I'm so smart and I got all this to study only. God's helping you through me and me too, through what we're hearing right now. So... Go back to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and the word temptation in the original Greek by implication means adversity. W.E. Vine's expository dictionary of New Testament words. He says this word uh, temptation means trials with a beneficial purpose and effect. Now, the devil wants to send tests and trials our way to destroy us. God says, if you'll do what I say in times of test and trial, it's like a membership to a club. The devil wants you six feet under before your time. God wants you overcoming and victorious. I, um, I wish I could say I've always been perfect in these things, but there's been prayers I have not received answers to prayer from. There's been uh, things in our life, even with loved ones, we wish didn't, hadn't happened. But I can hear them in heaven right now saying, preach it, son. Preach it, John. Preach it. Don't give up. Move forward. There's more to learn. There's greater glory. There's higher heights. Really, our loved ones that have left the earth realm, they're still working in a city. Which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God, the Bible says. They're just and they and they're there. You know, my mom passed away four or five years ago, five, about five years ago. And uh, to her, it's only been like a minute or two that she's been gone. Mm-hmm. And when I see my mom and my dad, which was way before that, decades before that, um, it'll only be like a, a couple hours. Yeah. Oh, you're already here, John. Well, mom, I lived to 95. <laughs> <laughs> really, seemed like a couple minutes. See, to the Lord, one day is with the Lord. As a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. You know, um, when when you lose a loved one, the earth is not quite the same when they're gone. And the only one who can make up for that void is Jesus. Because he conquered death. He loosed the pains of death. Because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Yeah. And he rose from the dead. He did all that for us. Amen. Praise, Praise the God. Lord. So W.E. Vines also says this. He says, there's also, um, well, actually, they bring out what we just said, that even temptations or adversities that come because of our own carelessness and disobedience, in all such cases, God still provides the way of escape. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to another scripture in First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. Just say it again. There is a way out. <clears throat> you know, this is what's so cool about this. Even if a doctor, which we respect and love and thank God for and pray for Amen. all the time. But even if a doctor said, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do for you. That doesn't mean there's not a way to get out. It just means they don't know what that way is. But God does. Are you following me, church? Just because a doctor says there's nothing more we can do, that's not Jesus saying there's nothing more we can do. How many of you know Jesus is on a higher level than man? He is king of kings and Lord of lords, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the bright and morning star, resurrection and the life line of the tribe of Judah, friend who sticks closer than a brother, captain of our salvation, Lord of lords, son of God, son of man, etc. And you'll never hear him saying, oh, there's nothing we can do. How <laughs> many glad the Lord would never come to you and say, there's nothing we can do. Hey, I'm going give to you, give you a newsflash here, too. Everything that's spiritual is not God. The the devil operates sometimes in the supernatural realm. If a being appears to you, you know, a big, bright being and says, I am the Lord and there's nothing more we can do for your problem. Uh, I don't care how bright he is or how beautiful his voice is. Rebuke it, resist it and don't accept it because that is not in line with the holy written word of God. There's been whole, whole masses of people deceived because an angel came down from heaven, so to speak, and preached them some gospel. that well, was similar to this, but totally different. Right. And they're off today. And it's a sad thing because though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than which we have preached, Paul said, let him be accursed. And so I've said before, so I say again, if an, even if an angel from heaven comes down and preaches any other gospel to you, then what's already been preached? Let him be accursed. It's important stuff. What do you mean? You got to check everything out with the word. You got to check everything out with the word. If, if, if something, you hear a voice or something appears to you, just say, you know, where's that in the scripture? Where's that in the scripture? If you don't see it in the scripture, let it go. I don't know why I just said that, but somebody must have needed to hear that. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, I hope I didn't stop right in the middle of a thought there. 1 Peter 4. I want you to see here what Peter says about trials because a lot of times people freak out and we, we shouldn't freak out. Trials come to everybody. Temptations come to everybody. Adversity tries to knock everybody out. 1 Peter 4, verse 12. What does it say? Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now, you hear that and you go, okay, cool. But next time a trial comes, we need to ask ourselves, are we going to do this? The devil wants you to think you're strange. The devil wants you to think it is strange. The devil wants you to think this is unique. Nobody's ever been through this before. Your pastors are going to freak out when you tell them. It's like, hey, everybody goes through the same stuff. Some vocalize their problems more than others. But that doesn't mean others don't go through what they're going through. They just may have learned how to pray through, break through uh, hear the scriptures, get, you know, get deliverance. Everybody goes through everything the same. True. To one degree or another, there, there is commonality in all these tests and trials and all these adversities. So Peter said, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial. Amen. What's going on here? Well, the devil's trying to separate you from your faith in God. That's right. But God says... I won't allow this stuff to happen that I don't first know you can overcome. So what should we, one of the first things on our mind, we need to realize if this thing was allowed to come against me, I can overcome it or God's not faithful because he's faithful to not allow me to be tempted, tested or tried above that I'm able. So that should calm me down a little bit. Keep fear out. You don't want to add fear to these problems. Didn't we just say that a few moments ago? Fear is a spiritual force. You don't want to add fear to these problems. And don't worry about feeling fear. Feeling fear is here one day, gone the next. Just don't talk and act fear. Just don't talk and act fear. Fear is only strong if, if you give voice and action to it. Just like faith without action is dead, fear without action remains dead and dormant in your life. So don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. So now go to 1 Peter 5, one chapter later. And we're going to read a couple of verses here. Let's look at verse 8. We'll read from verse 8 through verse 10. 1 Peter 5, 8. Paul said by the Holy Spirit, be sober. And all the saints said, Amen. <laughs> and that includes that includes a uh, smoking pot, too, okay. <laughs> now I don't know anything about that, but Carla does. <laughs> No, I was a hippie too. I I know it. You know, I I came to a realization in my life that all these things that drugs think people do for them, the Holy Ghost does better for you without side effects and without blowing brain cells and without messing up your lungs. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because it's a goody-goody thing to do as a Christian? No, because there's a warfare going on around you and you don't want any open doors. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary... The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now stop right there. Why is he seeking whom he may devour if he could just devour everybody? That's right. He's looking for open doors. He's looking for reasons he can move into somebody's life and bring adversity and bring whatever. And you need to realize there are certain things we, you can do, you and I can do in our lives to absolutely shut the door. And keep out the devil. Right? Y'all want to sing that with me? Yes. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Something, something, everything. Huh? Light the, candle, is all right. Light the candle. Everything is all right. Light the candle. Everything is all right. Try it again. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Shut the door. Keep the devil in the night. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Light the candle. Everything's all right. Light the candle. Everything is all right. So when you leave church today. When you leave church today and you go to the restaurant, they say, what would you do today? Well, I went to church. What would you learn? I learned to shut the door, keep out the devil. (laughs) Get the whole restaurant rocking, man, for the Lord. (laughs) This is so cool. Ephesians 4, verse 27. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 27. What does it say? Don't give place to the devil. What does that mean? That means if he's got a place, we gave it to him. He's not so big and bad. He can just crowd into your life and make things happen. You have to open the door. You have to open the door to the enemy. And a lot of people open the door because they don't know how to keep the door closed. If they're not doing it like on purpose, they just don't know how to shut the door. We should redo that song. I'm going to teach a whole series on shut the door. How would I spell that? Shut the door, shut the door. Okay, I can tell by looking at my wife. I need to move on here. <laughs> do you want to put Ephesians 4.27 on the screen for just a moment? The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. What does that mean? That means he can't do anything in your life that you don't open the door to. He says, nor give pla- don't give place to the devil. Oh, that's good news. You know what that means? It means he can't do anything to you that you don't open the door to. Just let him stay knocking. Let him wear his knuckles out. (laughs) And and a lot of times... Here's the interesting thing. A lot of times, the devil will come to your door saying, I have a package from God. A package from God. A package from God. What should you do? If you hear that, you say, well, um, if it's a package from God, tell me what it is before I open the door. Well, it's some sickness and disease to perfect you in your sufferings to you're worthy of his name. You say... Uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh. No, you take that package and you go somewhere else because I've already read the Bible. He bore my sicknesses, He carried my diseases, He redeemed me from the curse of the law. He was wounded and gashed and striped so I could be healed. That ain't for me and that ain't from God. Because one, one of the ways the devil gets people to open the door is he tries to convince them that this problem is from the Lord for some mysterious, sovereign reason to perfect you in your sufferings till you're worthy of his name. And that's a lie. You're already worthy of his name by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now, in 1 Peter 5, let's keep reading on there. We start in verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour Resist him. Amen. What? Resist him. Well, you're not going to resist somebody you don't think exists. So, one of the first tricks of the devil is to tell you here comes the devil, right? The devil says, Hey, Daniel. Hey, man. The Shut devil up. is not real. Shut up. The devil is not real. Get out. The devil is saying the devil is not real. Right. The devil is saying the devil is not real. Why would the devil be saying the devil is not real? So, you wouldn't do this. Are we told to resist anything? Are we told to put our foot down and say no to anything? This is one of the main reasons so many problems are received into people's lives, Christians lives, because they've never been taught that there's a devil. They've never been taught that there's demons. They've never been taught that they have power over them and they've never been taught how to resist him. They just kind of let happen what happened. Here's what they say. Oh, I'm dying. God is in control. Uh, What about resist the devil? Where does resist the devil come in? Well, you know, God is in control. No, He's not. If He was in control, He'd make every every Christian tithe, <laughs> right? Well, what's what's one thing that we have to realize, you guys? Um, I just don't like God being blamed for things He's not doing. Right. There is a devil. He's about to be cast into the, to the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And after that, he's, his eternal home is the lake of fire. But that hasn't happened yet. But it's okay. Because God will not allow anything to come our way that he, know, he doesn't know first that we can overcome it. If we'll take the way out, if we'll do what we need to do, study, find, you know, pray, seek, use the name of Jesus, resist. All these things are part of the way out. And so when it says resist him... My question to believers is, when's the last time you resisted something that you knew wasn't from God? I mean, you actually opened up your mouth and said, no, I'll not have it in Jesus name. No, 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 no. You get out of this house. Because if if we can answer that question, we'll find out why a lot of things are allowed in the Christians homes and lives is because they haven't resisted. They've just been praying to God instead of resisting the devil. And you need them both. Right, Like you need both wheels on a bike. You're not going to go very far on one wheel. Yes, pray, but yes, resist. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, I'd like to say you can do this for people, but you can't. You can do it for you. You can do this for you. You can do this with people, but you can't just override their will and do it for them. Well, now, if they are children in your home, that's different. When they're under, you know, when they're still relying on you and they're still in the home, that's one thing. But when your kids are grown and gone and people become adults, I can't even fully resist for Carla. I can resist with her, stand with her against something. But if she's going this direction, I'm wanting her to go this direction. Well, God doesn't override her free will. How could I override her free will? But when you get together and say, Yes. Let's resist this thing. Let's believe God for the blessings. Together, we're unstoppable. Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree in prayers, touching anything they shall ask, it'll be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. It'll happen. you only need two to get anything done. So, knowing, resist the devil, steadfast in the faith, Which means having faith in God and what he said has a lot to do with resisting the devil. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Again, don't think you're crazy just because you had crazy thoughts. Everybody's had crazy thoughts. Just don't let them build a nest in your head. Resist. Next verse. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus... After you suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. All right, dearly beloved, what's God's desired outcome for tests and trials when they come right? What, what's God's desired outcome for your life? That you're bruised forever and crash, become deranged, wiped out, annihilated? What's God's desire? What's his desired outcome for our lives when, when tough, tough things come our way? That we overcome. Yes, yes. That, we f- that we take the way out that he tells us to take out. Yeah. That we mature. The, the, you know the word perfect? It means mature. How do you mature? You mature because you Run to the word to find out what God said about how to get out instead of just running to man only. Yes. Now, there's been times the Lord's talked talk to me about seeking out this and seeking out that and talking to the specialist and talking to that. There's times, but I, I, I don't let man have the final word. Right. I take everything back to prayer and say, OK, we'll pray about this. And then what the Lord says, do, he says, do what they say, or he says, do part of what they say, or don't do anything that they say. Always let the Lord be the final decision. And when I say the Lord, this word is, the number one way we hear from God is this book right here. So if you want to know the way out of the adversity, you better be interested in the Bible. Well, pastor, I don't like to read. You better learn to like to read quick. <laughs> I mean, isn't that terrible? Well, I don't like to read. Well, then you can't going to find your way out. I can't read for you. Now, when somebody doesn't know how to read, they need to learn how to read. And until then, listen to, listen to teachings, listen, get it in you. But yeah, you, you can't say, Well, I just, I've had people tell me that before. They say, Pastor, I just, you know, I'm just not a reader. I just don't like to read. I want to say, Well, you better become one. <laughs> if there's anything you need to develop in, it's getting this word on the inside of you. Yeah. Say this again there's a, there's a way out. And what's God's desired outcome? If suffering or adversity comes our way, what's the desired outcome? That we resist, stand against, not just kick back and go, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, yeah, while the devil's running you over. It's like, no, he, this is not mysterious. If something comes your way that's bringing heartache and pain, it's not from the Father. And, and you say, well, I deserve it. I, I just sin so much. Listen, of course, we all deserve death, hell, and the grave. But we don't have to go that direction. We can believe in the mercy of God. We can believe what he said in his word about redemption, healing, deliverance, his sacrifice for us. Amen. We don't have to go the way that, you know, most of, the, most of the church world believes in this phrase, God is in control. I believe in it a little bit. Let me specify for me to believe God is in control, I believe He's in control of those people who are fully surrendered to Him Amen. and His will. That's right. I believe Jesus is in control of my life because I'm surrendered to Him. But at the same time, I don't believe He's in control of everything that's happening on this planet. The devil gets off scot free. Everything's God, everything's God. God allowed it. God wanted it. God did this. God did that. God is in control. Why don't we blame the devil for a few things? Can we not blame the devil for a few things? Look at John 10, 10. What can we blame the devil for? What, what can we blame the devil for? Look at John chapter 10, verse 10. This is Jesus talking. Red letters. What did Jesus say the thief comes to do, which is the devil? We know he's speaking of the devil. He said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So if it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, who should we blame? The devil. Yeah, I'd say the devil, number one. Number two, people who make terrible decisions and experience adversity they didn't have to experience because of terrible decisions. But really, let's just blame the devil for all of it. (laughs) At least today. We'll talk about other things later. But if it's stealing, if it's killing, and if it's destroying, who should we blame? Wow, did you hear about that tornado that went through the Midwestern states, killed how many people? Hundreds of people? Man, that just act of God. We don't know why God wanted those people in heaven. We don't know why God... What are you talking about? you are talking about something the devil did. Amen. He somehow stirred up that junk. I don't know how he does. It. I don't know how he operates in the realm of the spirit. But one day when Jesus was on the lake in a boat with his disciples headed to the other side of the lake, the Bible said a great storm came upon them and they were in jeopardy. And all these guys were freaking out and Jesus was asleep on a pillow and they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? We're all going to die out here in this storm, this hurricane. And Jesus got up. Sit up on the boat and he rebuked the wind and the waves and the storm. And there was a great calm after he spoke. Would Jesus rebuke an act of God? No, No, because he is God in the flesh. (laughs) He wouldn't be rebuking himself. Emmanuel interpreted as God with us. So would he be rebuking his father? What's he rebuking? A destructive storm that would not have happened if Satan and sin hadn't entered on the scene in the beginning. <clears throat> I, think, I think when Satan and sin entered the scene, and even after the flood of Noah and everything was released, and all the, the waters came from above and below and everything was happening, I think the earth got a little off tilt. I don't think it's quite on axis properly. And ever since then, all this stuff is messed up. Tornadoes and storms and hurricanes. When Jesus comes back, perfect weather. Yep, yep. Better than Hawaii every day. <clears throat> you, I mean, you want to go to heaven because you love the Lord, but let's face it, a good reason to go to heaven is perfect weather forever. <laughs> <clears throat> no more needing to dust stuff. No more aging process. No more sickness, the Bible says. No more pain, no more disease, no more sorrow, no more death, no more dying for the former things have all passed away for the believer. I like to say this too. In heaven, no sirens. No hospitals. Oh, that's good news. No fear. Fear is not allowed in heaven. So if there is any on somebody, when they go to heaven, it falls off. It can't come with them. Well, who wouldn't want to go to heaven? Somebody deceived and thinking that they don't they don't believe in heaven. Well, deception needs to be broken. There is a heaven, there is a hell. And all saved people go to heaven. All people who decided not to receive Jesus stay on the road Adam put them on. God doesn't even have to send them to hell. They just stay on the road Adam put them on and they end up in hell. All right, in closing, you ready? Go to 2nd Chronicles no, actually, go to Numbers 22. <clears throat> say this, please. There is, there is a way out. Say, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. All the way <clears throat> As you're turning to Numbers 22, I wanted to um, just say one more thing about why, quote, God is in control, end quote, isn't true. Can I just say one more thing about that? I know it's a very, very catchy phrase. 90% of the church probably doesn't believe what I'm about ready to tell you right now. But in my study of the scriptures and my walking with God for thirty-some years or thirty-seven years or so, I have come to realize that a lot of people they're they're either just not reading the Bible like they should, or their preachers aren't preaching what they need to hear, because to say God is in control after a, a destructive tornado kills children and families, and to say, well, God is in control, that's giving the impression that God orchestrated that. Mm -hmm. He's in control, and we don't know why he took all these people from their families, caused such heartache and pain. Well, friend, you need to realize there's a devil. And there's also people who can make any choice they want. They can walk into the fire. They can walk into the beautiful blue yonder. It's up to us what we do. Well, I've just heard recently, Just again, just... You know, to hear that somebody made it through something. Let's take like a young person. They they made it through something. They're they're coming through a disease. They're on the other side. And to hear a Christian say, well, to the parents. Well, um, I guess it just wasn't God's time to take that little one. I just. Our father is not. Killer. her. See, why, why would you want to say, why would you say, well, it's good to see your little one's doing well. I guess it just wasn't God's time to take her or take him or whatever. It's like you want to say, I do not receive what you just said, but you want to be nice. You want to be kind, but you just want to say, you know what? No, no. Whether I say it to them or not, in my heart, no, no, no. God is not going to take a little one out of here because of some mysterious, sovereign reason. I mean, Okay, here's what I put down. The reason God is in control isn't true is because that phrase goes against faithfulness and integrity to say God caused or wanted something to happen, that he already said he didn't want to happen. That's right. yeah. Read the book. Amen. Yeah, that's right. For instance, Luke 956. Jesus said, "I did not come." To destroy men's lives, but to save them. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, Thomas, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the clearest example of the Father God that we've ever had on the earth. He is the clearest example of the will of God, the wants of God, the desires of God. Jesus is it. And not once did Jesus, the clearest representation of the Father ever, not once did he ever make anybody sick to teach them something. He sent the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. Mm -hmm. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for correction, reproof and teaching and instruction. No, no, no. If people learn during hard times, that's not saying God sent the hard time. It's just they decided to learn when it got hard. Sickness is not God's way of teaching. It's man's way of learning. And there's a huge difference. You do not have to wait till you're on bottom to look up. You can be like the wise men from the East and just seek Jesus because you're wise. Here come the wise men seeking Jesus. Didn't say they were half dead. Didn't say they were depressed. It just said they were smart. And smart people seek Jesus. You don't have to wait till you're half dead to seek Jesus. Just be smart. Like the wise men from the East, the Magi. Wise men from the East came to worship him. I don't know why people wait till they're half dead. Be wise. Seek him now. Believe what he said. The Bible's true. Right? All right. So. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 14, it is not my will, or we could say it's not God's will that one little one perishes. Psalm 91, 16 says, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. So to say, well, you know, it just wasn't God's time. Maybe, you know, maybe a year from now is when you're, you know. 17 years old it'll be maybe it's God's time no he already said it's my will that you have a long life and a satisfied life and if you're interested in long life you might want to read verses 1 through 15 as well as verse 16 in psalm 91 which we did today all right so let's close with numbers 22 and let's actually numbers 23 i wrote i said wrong to you numbers 23 Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 23, and let's read, you guys having fun? Well, I am too. Numbers 23, let's read... So, you all, if you've read this, you know the setting here. Balaam has been hired by an evil man to curse Israel because Balaam was like a prophet and his words came to pass. And let's look here. Balaam is talking now to this man who wants him to curse Israel. Balaam said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Has God spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. God has not observed iniquity in Jacob, though there was iniquity in Jacob. God wasn't looking at that. Nor has God seen wickedness in his people Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He has the strength like a wild ox, for there is no sorcery against God's people. There is no division, divination against Israel, God's people. And now it must be said of Jacob or God's people in Israel. Oh, what God has done. So I, I wanted to read that in closing, just to let you know that if God said there's a way out, there's a way out. Just because other people maybe didn't take the way out or see the way out doesn't mean there's not a way out. There's a way out. We want to look to the Lord. And this might mean turning off Hallmark movies for a little bit. Sorry, I know that's like, I know you just maybe rather die than do that, but (laughs) Hallmark can wait. How about we live a little longer, finish what we're called to do, right? Be a blessing. And, um, I, I, again, I just, I feel prompted to say this at times as a pastor, we're not afraid to die. Loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord, even if they didn't live out a full long life, they're in a great place. If we could see where they were, we wouldn't want them back. If they had a chance to come back, they'd say, sorry, I'll see you in a few minutes. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) leave me alone. (laughs) I was hearing Brother Copeland give a testimony of a man who had died of a heart attack, I believe it was. And he said that this man died. And he actually went to heaven, but um, his wife called him back and said, come back, honey, in Jesus name. And he comes back and he says, what'd you do that for? Why did you call me back to this sin ridden, curse filled, dark world? I was in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So why'd you, he told his wife, why'd you call me back? Why'd you do that? <laughs> She'd probably go, well, I, 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 I don't know. I thought it would be the right thing to do. And don't get me wrong, there is such a thing as raising people from the dead. It's as the Spirit wills and it takes the gifts of the Spirit, but sometimes that happens. I thought it was interesting when Peter raised Tabitha from the dead, this wonderful Christian woman who died young. It was interesting because he obviously got an okay from the Father to do it. He prayed first, then he turned to the body and said, Tabitha, I say unto you, arise. This is in the book of Acts. I thought it was interesting. She was already in heaven. Could be, to be absent from the body is to be present right. with the Lord. Our words are heard in heaven. Peter said, Tabitha, and heaven heard that. She was in heaven and she heard that. Peter's calling my name. And obviously the Lord said, well, he probably said, you have a choice. You want to go or you don't want to go? She goes, well, they're calling me back. I've been doing a lot of good for a lot of people. I could finish my course, die a better way. And she came back to life. He presented her alive. They were all blessed because she was such a blessing to the church. And I just thought that was interesting that our words are heard in heaven when we pray. So just get, just get this in your spirit. There is a way out. Just read your Bible, go to church, pray. You might have to turn off a few things for a while, you know, TV, social media, whatever. Just, just turn to the Lord. I'm telling you, there's a way out of every problem, every challenge, every life-threatening situation. There is a way out. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tested or tried above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. What's what's God's desired result? If something tough comes our way, that we get through it. That we mature. We get established. We get strengthened. And we get settled. In other words, the devil wished you never would have thrown that your way. Because it just made you stronger. Gave you a powerful testimony. Others now know God's real through what you've been through. And you've got comfort to help others with. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab.